Hello, and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. On today's show, we're going to discuss ways to help create sexual attraction and to build sexual tension. So this is going to be like when you're meeting somebody for the first time or whether you're more in like the dating phase. And yes, you can even use it later in life too. So um, we want you to know like what are your most attractive traits uh, and how to kind of figure some of that stuff out. And as well, we're going to be talking about like reading flirting signs. That's something that a lot of people ask about. We're going to do a deeper dive on that one though, a few weeks from now when we get into like one on like how to read people, but we are going to touch on it now because it's like, if you understand attraction and how it works and you're going to be able to understand like both how to kind of be attractive, but also how to kind of read the signs. So, and then while many people think that uh, sexual tension is like this mysterious power that kind of happens between you know two different people, I I don't see it that way. I almost think of it like a math equation where it's like you just kind of plug these things in, and it's you know the the attraction happens. And so we're going to summarize that sort of at the end. And again, I think it's an understanding of attraction. That's what I want want uh, listeners to kind of come away with at the end. So uh, I'm your host, Stephen, and joining me today, we've got my wife, Kimberly. Hello. And Ava. Hey, friends. And Brandy. Hey. Uh, but before we start, uh, I would like to kind of give a shout out to Kevin. He left some nice comments for us on Instagram. So thank you. We appreciate that. And we appreciate the, the feedback. Uh, and uh, Brandy, I enjoyed your photo of the cat in your kink closet. I still love that you have a kink closet, but <laughs> I, I'm glad that your cat enjoys it too. She does. Yeah. Mutual enjoyment. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, did anybody do anything interesting this week? Yes. There's an update. Don't tell us, Kimberly. A couple is things. it about baking? So- it is. Because I've learned, like, this is the sex and relationship and baking podcast. <laughs> All about balance, Stephen. So last week I had just made this, it's a no-bake cheesecake, technically, for the second time. And I didn't know what went wrong until my mom texted me, like, after the show. And she was like, did you fold the whipping cream into the cream cheese mixture? And I was like, no. I was like, I didn't know what that meant. So I just like mixed it up. <laughs> and so it was messed up the second time. But third time's a charm because I I baked it again or whatever, made it again this weekend. And it was right. Yay. Awesome. I, I was really proud of you. I mean, the, when you sent me the picture and I got to see it and things like that, I thought that it could, like, because it was three times, right? And so it can be frustrating to, you know, go through and do it like, especially the second time and it doesn't turn out. It's like, you I can know. just kind of quit on it. So yeah. yeah, yeah baking is well. fickle as fuck. So the other thing, sorry, oh. I had to say was I am continuing to watch the original sex in the cities and positive pro was that they were kink positive on one of the episodes con was then later on they were very biphobic except for of course samantha who's just the best character in my opinion Mm. so then i'm like ah it's like one step forward and two step backs but you know it it, it when was that 90s what was the first year yeah i was gonna ask like 
uh, I want to say 98 to 2003. Okay. That's I right. You, I was interested in that too. And so when, yeah, I remember you telling me that Kimberly. Hmm. So this is like the thir- early on in the third season. So it's like the year 2000. So it's 20 years ago, but. Mm-hmm. I can't believe yeah, they had some. Long. They had some weird terms. That. I watched like one episode with Kimberly and they were like, well, do you think he's, is he a straight gay man or is he a gay straight man? And it's like, it sounds so weird. Like nobody would ever say that these days, you know, but I think back mm-hmm. then it was a little bit more of like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about bisexuality, but we don't know how. I mean, it just, <laughs> right. it, it, just it was so awkward sounding. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, thanks for the updates. Anybody else? Or we'll jump into things. Let's no. jump into things. Okay. A- Ava's like, oh, I can't. I don't I haven't had any threesomes recently. And Brandy's <laughs> whatever. Brandy <laughs> hasn't used any new sex toys. Yeah. Her, no. her cat's using her sex toys instead of her. <laughs> so sad, y'all. <laughs> okay. So we, uh, well, I have kind of an update, I guess, uh, on the website. So we have created a... Uh, a guide for flirting and seduction. And this is sort of like a bit the, it's to give people like the big overview, I guess, of everything. So the question you know, that I've wrestled with several times as I've done classes and things is like, how do you teach all this stuff? Cause it is sort of like so, so much. And there's so many different like areas and things like that. And, um, but I've, I've done it multiple times. So I've had to kind of think about this. So the way I tend to th- think of it is that there's, I broke it down into like eight eight different parts. And that way, if you break down each part, like tonight we're going to talk about traction. If you break down each part, it gives you something that you can kind of really focus on and, and work on. The other thing is like, you might find like, oh, out of these eight, I'm really good at these three over here, but these other two are not my best, you know? So it can give people a little bit more focus on particular areas. So we've put together, it's just a PDF. So if you go to the website right now, you, you can uh, sign up and download it and, and it gives you, it just kind of walks you through the, the eight, which I'll, I'll tell you it's uh, be- one is becoming attractive. Two is building trust and connections. Um, those two together are kind of like the core understandings. Like you just have to understand how this stuff works. You know, once you understand it, you're going to be able to see a lot of things. Then we get into like what I'm going to call core skills, which that is going to be reading people, you know, being able to pick up on signs and then also like creating engaging conversations. Um, you know, that's, that's something that people ask about all the time. And so if we kind of work on those two things, you're going to have some really good skills. And then, um, this, the next half of it, I guess, is like really creating something meaningful. And so that's going to be getting into like the art of flirting sort of influence and persuasion, which we did talk about uh, a couple weeks ago, intimacy. And then the other thing that's really come up out of working on this whole thing is that really what we're about is like empowerment, you know, that, you, you know, that what we're trying to do is like help people and empower them. And then that I'm, I've found like, that's really tied to also empowering others. So that's something we're going to kind of talk about because I think if you think about it that way, when you're flirting with somebody, you're, it's going to keep you in check of like not doing anything that's kind of creepy or that's weird you're going to, you know, you feel good about yourself. You're also going to feel good about the, the things that you're offering to the other person. And it's going to be really kind of a good fit. So that's really, when it comes down to it, like the ethical seduction thing, that's really what we're about is trying to kind of empower people with, with flirting and seduction. So we've got that PDF that you can download that gives you the whole overall thing, but then we're going to go through on the next couple of podcasts and kind of tackle each one of these things. So that in the end, if you have that PDF, that guide, 
and you have the different podcasts that we're doing, that's going to give you a really good overview of flirting, seduction, the skill sets, the things like that that you need. So we might not do it like every single week, just go through the thing. We might just kind of skip a week because like next next week we're going to have a guest on, which is be nice. But we'll kind of keep coming back through these and we'll work our way through through all eight of them. So, so attraction is the first one. Um, and I think to me, you know, what is attractiveness? That, that's, that's kind of a question that I think a lot of us, you know, ask. And like I said, in the beginning, some people think, oh, it's this mystery kind of thing that's goes on between two people and the chemistry that they have. Uh, but, but I really do kind of think like you can break it down and, and understand how, you know, how does, how does it work? So, um, I was interested uh, if you guys could describe, I don't know who wants to go first, but somebody describe your dream partner. Like what are the traits? Brandy, you go first because you look nervous. Uh, <laughs> um, what, are, what are the traits of like your, your, your dream partner? You know, not necessarily a real person, but like if you were to have like the perfect person, what are some of those, those attractive traits and how would you describe them? So I don't think like for me personally, the one person, the perfect person exists. So it would be like multiple people. Um, so I'm going to continue to think about this answer while other people answer. Okay. Okay. Great. Smooth, right. Brandy. Real, real Thanks. Smooth. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll just answer without thinking, I guess. Um, I want to say that I call Steve my dream guy. So, so I'm sorry. I'm being too much. So I would describe Steve, but then I would say not so slow with everything they do in life. Wait, did you just cut on me? Did you just say I'm I'm slow? What I heard you say was I'm slow with everything in life. Oh my God, the waiting, y'all, the waiting. That that is that is that is something I wrestle with. And the thing is, my son is even slower, and it's like it's it's like I don't know. Mm. What do you mean? You mean like to get out the door to go somewhere? It just takes everything you could exactly, but everything you could think of eating you have to sit at dinner like 30 minutes after you're done eating he's but that is because you're talking i think kimberly you're gonna get fired (laughs) the dream dream guy is like really about the personality i think i mean to be serious steven i think you need to be careful of the questions that you ask on this podcast no it's Hey, but what about you? How would you like, give me what I was hoping for is like traits. Like, yeah, um, yeah, I have, I have ideas. Please let me share them. Um, my, my dream partner has their shit together is the first thing that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. I have had so many relationships where things are going along and like, I'm really into them and I'm super interested and they seem super interested and there's lots of chemistry and yada, yada, yada. And then I find out that like, they can barely take care of themselves. How are they support supposed to support me in a relationship when they don't have their shit together? And that's kind of when I lose respect for them and my interest like immediately drops off so like that is the the first Mm -hmm. and foremost like number one criteria you need to have a successful and complete life all by yourself that doesn't mean you need to be perfect Mm -hmm. that just means you need to have your shit together like that is the number one thing for me i need to know that you can support yourself and support our relationship if that's the direction that we're going in i don't have time to babysit you totally agree 100 percent. yeah Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so what I was expecting, <laughs> these are good. These are good answers. <laughs> what I was expecting was stuff like, well, I want my, you know, my partner to be healthy and attractive. I want them to, mm. like you're saying, Ava, like be independent and makes money, you know, and um, I want them to have brown hair and, you know, and, and you go through these. Now, the reason I say that is like, like what is attractive to you, right? So in some ways you could be like, oh yeah, like, you know, this like great abs really turns me on and you go through and you have this list of things. Correct okay? grammar. And not using oh, abbreviations. Oh, I feel I that. Correct, I thought you were correcting me. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, I was like, you got yeah. correct grammar and I don't like abbreviations. So like, if you communicate with me in a text message, it's all abbreviations. It's not, it's not going to go well. Oh man. Yeah. I got to remember that from now on. I'm sorry. I mean, I've never abbreviated like anything for you, Brandy. And I mean, he's a secondary, so it's not a big deal, but he spells should S H U D like should I bring some? What? Like, mm, uh, hurt. Nobody uh, else does that. So bad. Painful. And I mean, I give him a hard time about it, so it's okay for me to mention it. It is so <laughs> painful. <laughs> anyway. Well, I think it's about the personality of the person because someone can be like less attractive, but if they have a really great personality, I'm not saying I'm mm -hmm. not, they're not attractive at all, but less attractive and have a great personality. And then it like evens out. Can you define for me what great personality means? So like funny, engaging, um, witty, I guess that's kind of similar to funny, but really outgoing talkative but not too talkative mm -hmm. <laughs> the one that on me again? <laughs> yeah, i mean why not so i mean and i think maybe intelligent really gets thrown in there so you can actually have a conversation that is stimulating with the person someone you can really engage with yeah that makes sense right so what I was thinking is if you go through and you make your list, okay, and, uh, you know, what I was going to recommend is like for listeners, like make a list and, and writing stuff actually helps. Like if you sit down and write it, you're actively thinking about the thing. And also you like your chances of like remembering it are like double, you know, so, so actually writing, taking the time to write the stuff out, um, is a really good exercise to go through and do. So if you write out this list, just like Brandy said, the, the end result is not going to be any person you're going to meet, it's going to be a fantasy, like Disney type person, you know, and, and, but I think that's okay. And so one, it's like, it teaches you what things you like and what you value. Okay. And then Brandy, like you said, you might even have some red flags in there. There might be some things that like, you know, I'm aware that these things here are kind of unattractive traits and stuff. Um, but also when you re write this list out, I suspect that most of those things, you can then turn it on the, turn it around and be like, okay, if I can do these things, like these are attractive traits. It doesn't matter like what your orientation is or who, you know, male, female or whatever. It, none of that stuff really matters. So if you're writing out this list of attractive traits that you like in, in somebody else, realize like there, those are probably going to be attractive to other people too. So it kind of helps you identify certain things that you can, you know, try to do or, or, or focus on. So it's just a really good exercise to kind of run through that even though it is like your fantasy person it's in, it's interesting to kind of be aware of, of who you like and, and why you like those things and some of its value you know you, you might you know kimberly obviously likes me enough that she's willing to put up with the slowness kind of thing you know so there's going to be like certain traits are going to be higher ranking in your head than, than other ones you know and that's going to differ from person to person um so what is attraction that's one thing I want to cover. It, it's basically anything that you can like offer somebody else. 
and this is where we're kind of getting into like the math part, the way I think about it. Okay. So any, anything you can like offer them and benefit them is going to be attractive. So that means it's things like money. You know, if somebody's got money, that's going to benefit you. Right. So there's, I don't know, you get five points of attraction, you know, with that. And then like being healthy, you know, to have a healthy partner that you can sort of count on to be there and, you know, is reliable. So that's, that's an, being caring, um, being able to give time and energy to somebody else. Like all of these things are attractive because you're basically able to benefit or help the other person. So that's, in a lot of ways, that's what attraction when it comes down to it really kind of is. And then like Kimberly said, being, you know, being fun, that that's giving somebody sort of like new experiences and all. And man, we value that, you know, and to have that connection or that shared experience between a couple of people, like that's a really good gift to be able to give somebody. So it's, you know, that's the kind of thing too. I think people will overlook, you know, they'll, they, they don't think of that as like an attractive trait and, and it really, really is. And the same thing with just, you know, being caring, being there for the other person when they need it. You know, those two, those are gifts. Those are attractive, uh, attractive gifts. Um, what do you all think about beauty and fashion and how that relates with attraction? Because so many people, that's what they automatically go to in their head. So what, what are your all's thoughts on, on beauty and fashion? I think beauty and fashion is connected directly to you know, if you are concerned with how other people are viewing you or how you come across, if you think about like, what kind of person do I want to be? What kind of person do I want the world to view me as? I'm going to start thinking of ways to present myself to the world that are going to fall in the, that category of beauty and fashion. Um, and if that's something that's a priority or is valuable to you, then that's obviously going to be something that you're looking for in another person. That's what so many people think of like, oh, you know, to be uh, to be attractive, I need to it's look like really good. It's like the physical appearance, right? And that does matter, you know. Right. Now, just like you said, Kimberly, I think it's like it matters, but it's not the most important thing. So, if you're not mm -hmm. the best looking or just whatever, it's like don't don't think that you can't do any of this or that you're not attractive because it's not it's nowhere near the most powerful. But beauty and attraction I mean, that does play a role. Yeah, I don't really think I'm attracted to like the super fashionable males or females. Um, the way that translates to me is that like they're trying too hard. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think I'm a little unique in, in my preference when it comes to like males and females and what they wear. Like I just... I feel kind of the opposite in that I feel like maybe if you're not necessarily born super gorgeous that's fine but you can make yourself more attractive by what you're wearing and looking clean and presentable and fashionable and then that is like okay they're more attractive because of the effort they put into presenting themselves i, I think you're both right I think you're talking about two different aspects of, of of the beauty and stuff okay so brandy you know you're saying like they might look really good. I'm more attracted to someone who's comfortable with themselves. And if that means you wear white socks with sandals and you can rock that look and you, then that's great. Then I'm attracted to that confidence. I'm not attracted mm -hmm. to you wearing like the, the fashionable skinny leg pointed toe shoe, for example. Like it's, it's just about the confidence that you display in whatever you're wearing. Yeah. Yeah. Now I do think like the, the looks, you know, if you look good, whether it's with fashion or because you take I mean, beauty is in my mind is really just like health, 
you know, it's like looking mm-hmm. at somebody and like, are they healthy? That's what ends up being like, are they, you know, a beautiful person, you know, naked. And then you get into fashion, which is like how the person's going to dress and what is the story they're kind of telling about themselves there. But yeah, Brandy, I think what you're picking up on is the story sometimes is like, I try really, really hard about this. And that can be like, the story is like, I'm not really comfortable with myself. And then like Kimberly's sort of saying too, it's like, if somebody doesn't try hard enough with the way they dress, whatever, that's, that becomes part of that story, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that people kind of read. So beauty and fashion definitely, I, I think play a role. I think both the things you all said definitely you know, apply and are true. And it's interesting how you're, both of you took the appearance issue, but then you ran with it of how's it make you feel and what's kind of the story that is being told. And that is what I really want people to kind of come away with is like when you're doing, you know, taking care of your body is going to be like how good you look. Okay. Nobody's perfect. Don't, don't beat yourself up over it. Okay. Fashion is like just picking out the clothes, but when you're doing it and I, I wrestled with this, I'm not a very good fashion person, but it really is like, what is the story that you're trying to present and tell other people about yourself? You know, and the same thing when you read the way somebody else dresses, that's what you're picking up on. What are the signs and the cues and what is the story that they're, they're trying to tell? Well, I feel like for myself, um, fashion is usually self-expression for me and it's like projecting how I feel that day. So if I'm like super excited, vibrant, then I'm going to wear like a bright red, for example, if you know, and if I'm feeling like more edgy, then I'm going to like wear more punky outfits or whatever. I think that's totally fair. I mean, it's all about like, what kind of person do you want to present yourself as, right? And that can change from day to day. That's super, super fluid. I think what might be important to remember here is that like, when we talk about a topic like beauty and fashion, it's not necessarily the type of beauty or the type of fashion. Really what it comes down to is how much do you care and the grooming piece of it. It's not, it's not what kind of beauty practice do I have? It's, do I have a beauty practice? Do I have a grooming practice, right? Of taking care of yourself. It's self-care. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I need to go and get a blowout at the salon every other week, right? Like <laughs> I don't, that, that's not what beauty or fashion means to me. Um, right. But there are other things that I do on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, showering and brushing my hair, that that is part of my beauty practice. And that is part of like the kind of person that I want to put myself out there as for the world to see and for the world to mm-hmm. to enjoy. And so th- those are the practices that I adopt in order to, to present myself that way. So it's not you necessarily all... looking for like the high fashion or specific type of fashion. It's just looking for somebody that cares. Yeah. Have you ever heard of intersectional competition? No. It, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's dressing well, okay, but it's not just for the attraction of like a partner, but also for the respect and and appreciation of same sex counterparts. So that would be the definition uh, that I had. But so that could be like, I'm dressing because I want the status of my, from my coworkers. So there's, yeah, again, it's part of the, it's what is the story and what are you trying to do with the way you dress? So it's like, there's, that's, you know, that's a thing. Coworkers are really interesting because like you're working together as a team, but very often you're also in some form of competition with them. Um, and some companies really do that, you know, they'll pit this team against that team, you know, and, and, you know, cause it's good for business and things, but so yeah, in, intersectional competition is what hmm. that was, it's not just for the attraction of another partner, but it's more for, for status and like, um, I don't know, holding your ground, I'm going to say. So. Hmm. 
That feels weird to me. The concept of of same sex counterparts in like competition, like I feel like there's an area there that could be really unhealthy. Like that is a really weird concept to me. Well, it, it is. I, I think I think we all do it. You might do it less. And Ava, I suspect you have trained yourself to not do it very much. And that is one thing I want to say. Like, don't go comparing yourself to other people. You know, so often we do that and like, oh, well, why would, uh, you know, Jill like me when, you know, Larry over here is like, makes more money and, you know, better looking and he's 10 years younger and all that kind of comparing just like kill, it's just bad negative talk. And very often it's not true. It's not true of like what Jill is sitting there thinking about, you know, me and Larry, hypothetically speaking. It's... um so, so the best thing to do is try not to go compare yourself. And I think Ava, you, and, and all, all of us, okay, that's something I think we all kind of have learned through the, the, the lifestyles that we're in to not go through and do, you know, especially people in, in poly relationships, that's one thing you work on. You're not trying to compare like, who, who is, is my partner going to like me better than the other person? You know, that thinking is just sort of inaccurate, bad. Oh, I think that's a horrible track. way of thinking. That's not going to. Yeah, yeah, it's more. I've been in situations like that where you know someone is comparing themselves to something I'm I'm doing or not doing, and I'm just like, you are like your own individual person. Your yes. journey and time is completely different than mine. Yeah, that's such a frustrating position to be mm-hmm. into, Brandy, because it's like, no, that's not how I'm seeing this. It's not a competition. I want to push you up and push me up, not one up you. Like that's not what this right. is about. And there's no way to get them to like see that or feel that. No, like, there's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Yeah, that's hard. It's yeah, it is. Okay, so here's I'm going to throw this out. This is random, but I find it kind of interesting, funny, um, and it's probably also not a great way to think. But I'm going to put it out there anyway. Okay, but it's like, how do you beat out the competition? You know, of the other boyfriends or the other girlfriends? You know, you don't look at them as competition. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's I mean, true. You don't, you don't, basically, you don't, you don't, you basically, I'm going to say, you just wait and let the other person shoot themselves in the foot because that's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And so it's whoever is calmer and more chill and not worried, then that's, that's attractive. Because you know? I think and, when you start comparing yourself and, and focusing on something being a competition, that's when you, you begin to lose your real authentic self um, mm-hmm. in your quest to kind of win or succeed. And so the more you get away from your authentic self, that's just the long game of that is not going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. When you're highlighting your insecurities like that, I mean, the, the whole concept of, of Steven, as you put it, letting the other person shoot themselves in the foot is that I am secure in my standing where I am. And I don't need to, I don't need to do something to one up you. Like I'm good where I am. And like that Mm -hmm. level of security, like that's, that's really what you want to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's, Let's talk some about attractive attitudes. Okay, because like Kimberly was saying, you've you've got appearance, you know, and that's that's important. But I think what's more important is really the attitudes. And so if you can like you're you're gonna hear these things and you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that's a good one, that's a good one, that's a good one. And once you understand, like, okay, that these really have power behind them, um, then it's something you can kind of work on and incorporate. And also you know now that these are sort of basically like kind of gifts that you're able to kind of give your partner that are, you know, interesting to them. So um yeah, the other thing I want to say about this, well, let me give an example, okay, it, it, which is like practicing self-care. Just like you said, Ava, taking, you know, valuing yourself enough that you're going to take care of yourself. That's a good, attractive attitude. Um, telling people 
that you take care of yourself is not the same as demonstrating and showing them that you take care of yourself. So we can all talk and say whatever we want and it's not believable. We, we really, if just because somebody says it, we are sort of trained to not necessarily believe it, okay? So it's when you're demonstrating and actually doing these things. So, you know, the self-care thing is not something like you have to walk up and be like, well, you know, I really take really good, you should like me because I really take good care of myself. You know, like that, <laughs> that's a really weak mm -hmm. and you have to say it. That's pretty weak when you're just doing it. And the other person picks up on these signs and signals because you actually do these things. That is uh, much more powerful and it's believable and it's, it's real because they can sort of see it. So, so like, so instead of telling people, yeah, I shower every day, you should just like start sending shower selfies, right? Oh. That's yeah. what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. So just There's keep in mind, proof. demonstrating is, is really important. You can't just say it. You have to demonstrate these traits. Okay. And so the more they're like integrated into you, the easier it's going to come. You're not going to have to think about it. And that's what I mean. so, uh, so a couple that I'm just going to kind of throw out there are like, you know, being relaxed, Brandy, you mentioned like being confident, which that's a tricky one because it's like you can't really make yourself be confident. I mean, you, there's things you can do, and we'll talk about that another time. There's things that you can do, but you can't just like, I'm just going to be confident. Like, that, you know, that doesn't cut it. You have to be able to demonstrate it and have it behind you. Uh, Kimberly, like you said, being fun and positive, being interesting. This one is great, being mysterious. And you can do this in so many different ways, right? So at first, I see Brandy doing it right now. She's like, how can I be mysterious? And that's what everybody says. It's like, it's a hard one at first, right? And then you start learning little things of like, oh, um, I don't know. Like one of the things is like, if you are tell telling a story or something like that and you leave the person hanging, this is an example, you know? Nobody likes that, but there's a certain sense of mystery and that creates like a want, like people want to know how the story ends or something like that. So I want to waste like... my time. It's what I want to know. It's what I want to know. Y'all can see it You're be is like along. horrified at this idea. Yeah. But the thing is she would love it. She would, be so, she would be like, yes, yeah, she'd be like, I have to find out what's going to oh happen. God, I would. It, would, it would actually drive me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So the other, the other thing about like being mysterious is don't just with dating and stuff like that in general, is like, don't feel like you have to tell the other person everything. You know, we're all really about like pacing, tell them the right stuff at the right time. The other things that are maybe more sensitive or whatever, like leave it for later, you know, and that let them explore you over time. And so uh, that, you know, that kind of plays into that role of, of mysterious. So it, it's a fun one. We can come back to that another time and kind of, you know, expand on it, but it, it's, it's one of those things that doesn't just come to your head and be like, oh, I know how to do this. And then the more you think about it, eventually you kind of learn it as a trick, I'm going to say. Um, being caring, passionate, appreciative, being self-sufficient, like Ava said. Uh, and then a key thing is being valuable. Think of it that way. What do I have that is valuable to the other person? Or what does the other person value in me? You know, what are the things that gifts that I can give to this other person. And so that doesn't necessarily need to be like physical gifts. It can be, you know, fun and good times, fulfilling a sexual fantasy. You know, that's, that's what we all roll with, you know, because of, of going to the, the Mark, which is our kinky community center here in Nashville. It, it's, that's one of the things that we, we do all the time. And, you know, and that's why we start talking to new people and things like that. So that's a really good gift to be like, Hey, I don't necessarily know everything about you, 
but I'm willing to do this one thing with you because yes, I would like to explore that, you know? So, so think of it as, as a gift of something that you have to offer somebody else. Um, and then I was going to say just being willing to teach or guide or educate those things are attractive because it's like, we're, you know, if, if we're the student, we're gaining experience and we're gaining skills and it's what we're trying to do on this, on this podcast. But that's, but that's very different from mansplaining. I'm just saying. That's a good point. You don't want to like push no, education no. on another person. Yeah. Tell, tell, talk about mansplaining just because some people might not know it. Sure. Like okay. Uh, let's go be a whole episode. Mass. Uh, <laughs> it could be. Um, yeah. So it's where like one person is telling another person, basically trying to like provide education about actually like this is what it is. It's kind of a, I'm going to like correct you and provide you with more information about something that they may actually understand less than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that's, that's my explanation. Is that it's sufficient? Is that what you were looking for? Yeah. It's a bit of a put down. Yeah. It turns into a put down. It's kind of condescending. It, yeah. You're saying like, if I'm doing it, I'm saying it like, I'm just trying to educate you, but really I'm just pointing out how dumb you are. Mm-hmm. You know, or that I'm trying to make you feel dumb so that I can feel good about myself. That's like so, a form yeah. of criticism too, wouldn't it be? It is. And we're going to come back to, let's hold that for a little bit. Yeah. We're, we're going to get into those things too. So yeah, that's good. Um, actually, we're just about to get in there. But I, before we do, money, status, power, all those things matter. Those are all value. And so when you think of a, per- when there's a person like, what are you bringing to the table? Okay. It, it's not like, oh, I like this person just because of their money, but money definitely helps. But if you, you know, status is the same way, power is the same way. It's the mix. And so you're kind of, I don't like to say points, but I can't always think of it that way. You're adding up all these different things, one on top of the other, that you take care of yourself, that you know how to dress, that you have a job and you do make money, that you have some status, that you have some power. You add these things up and, and all of a sudden you're like, this person is attractive, you know, because they've got the whole total thing. Oh, because... Because they have their shit together. Yeah. Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then I also want to throw in there, like, be authentic, you know, which is one of those things that we're real big on because being inauthentic ends up shooting yourself in the foot. So being authentic, even if you're not perfect, you're going to build, you're going to show yourself that you're trustworthy. You're going to build, you know, like an honest reputation. Um, you know, maybe you can like admit things to yourself or or do self analysis of yourself. Like that's really important to do. And then, you know, vulnerability and courage, which we talk about a lot, that, that is very attractive, you know, to go out there and put out a vulnerability that, Hey, I'm not sure if I can do this, you know, and you think of that as like, Oh, that's a sign of weakness. But really what you're doing is you're, you are sort of, being weak in front of this person, you know, vulnerable in front of this other person. And they're going to appreciate that, you know, the fact that you are honest and you're, you're upfront about the kind of thing. And then it's also, you're showing courage that you're sharing this information with them. So, so being authentic is, is a really big one. Um, and I would say it's like almost the guide, you know, don't do stuff if it doesn't feel authentic or if you feel like, oh, you've got to like put on, I don't know, you know, put on, what do you got? Like fronting you know, putting on a, a good show or something like that, that that's, that, that's a warning sign that you're not doing something right. It, it's going to get found out or whatever. All right. Um, next, I wanted to talk about unattractive traits because I think these are things sometimes that we all wrestle with, that we all do. Um, and I'll give an example. The first one is like, don't criticize. And 
um, years ago, my personal story, I guess, with this one is I used to be really critical of people and annoying, and I was not aware of it. And it was, I was probably in my thirties and I read that, uh, Dale Carnegie book, um, how to win friends and influence people. And it was like chapter three is one of his things of like, you know, things to do is he's like, don't criticize, you know, it never goes well. Cause as soon as you criticize somebody, they put a wall up, you know, they're not going to be receptive to hearing what you kind of say. You're, so therefore it's not really effective. You know, you're not getting to the other person. You're not uh, working with them to kind of ach achieve the thing. Um, so it's, it's, doesn't benefit you and it's not productive and uh, it just kind of creates a barrier between the other person. So that is one of the things that Ava, just like you were saying, I was not aware of doing it. And so after reading this in this book and kind of getting the idea, oh, an insecure person has to like prove a point, you know, so that's the person who's, that's me, who's going to go out there and kind of criticize to try to show like how, how good we are or do the mansplaining thing. So my personal experience was, I was like, yeah, I agree. That's not going to do any good. It's not effective. You know, it pushes people away. I'm going to stop doing it. And so there was this, I really made a conscious effort to stop doing it. And it took about two weeks. And then I was like on to the, I'm going to say the next level where I'd cut out the main things. And then I would notice in, when I'd be talking to people, sometimes you'd say something and you'd get a reaction in their face, facial expressions or, or just something. Right. And you'd be like, I would realize like, okay, like I just criticized them and I'd be like, I don't know what I said that was critical. Uh, and then you had to think about it more and then I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that was kind of critical or something. So it was interesting to me that I was, I really feel like I've kind of not wiped it out, but I've really reduced it because I've become aware of what kind of things do people say that are critical, you know, or are shaming or those kind of things. So I'd say like really work. To, to not do that kind of stuff. And if you do it, but also pay attention to the other person when they have a negative reaction that you've, you know, that they're putting up that wall or backing up, ask yourself why, you know, and that's the really good training to kind of educate yourself on like, you know, what, what a criticism really is and what, what didn't work. You know, when they're putting that wall up, something didn't, didn't, didn't work. So that's, that's a good one. Um, you all have anything you want to add? I would say the mansplaining kind of fits right in there. I think, because it is putting sort of putting somebody else down to try to make yourself appear better. So negative traits, is that the, the question? Well, no, this is one of them. Um, what, what, uh, yeah, as a question. Being, being needy. Um, yeah. I mean, I think part of being self-sufficient is also being able to deal with your situations. Um, independently enough to where like, you know, I'm not going to be your number one go to every time for every situation. Like I don't have the bandwidth or capacity to, to take that on. Um, and it, it just wouldn't be healthy for me. So, um, I would, I, I would like to meet you in your challenges and offer support and advice when you ask for it, but I can't be the person you come to all the time. So because it's draining i think is what you're yes yeah 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 and see that's Can't where again that's i think of this as a math problem right if, if the person come they can have these attractive traits on this one side and on the other side if they come in there and they're draining mm -hmm. and, and it's an unattractive trait then it's it doesn't mean you're wrecked but it's it's not a positive kind of thing it's it's mm -hmm. you're taking you, 
literally you're taking stuff away. So instead of giving to this other person, now you're taking things away. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's what I tend to think of neediness is, is, um, and everybody's a little bit needy, but I think you want to match the level of the other person. You know, and so where it feels really bad is when one person is really needy and the other person is not, you know, and it's, it's the out of whackness. So I think when we've talked about this, like, what is love, you know, and to me, love is sort of like, Kimberly, I love you. That means you're really important to me. And I quote, need you in my life. Like I have that sort of feeling in me, you know, and so we all have needs. And the neediness is like when it just kind of goes too far or you're not balancing with the other person. So neediness to me is like, I, I, maybe you'd want to say it's like on a spectrum, you know, Mm -hmm, that it should be like low need, self-sufficient, you know, where if you're high need and the other, and it's not in balance with the other person, then that's where it starts to feel really out of And there can be, you know, points in a relationship where one person needs more than the other. And and that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. And the person support them through that. But I think it would be very difficult to maintain a successful relationship, even a relationship, romantic or friendship, if one person always has the scale tipped towards them needing a lot and taking a lot. Yeah, that's called narcissism. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think. Isn't that right, Kimberly? <laughs> oh, sorry. I was distracted. Um <laughs> <laughs> narcissism would be like sort of a form of neediness where it's like they're all sort of self-centered right it all well they're totally self-centered but i don't wouldn't describe it as needy needy. i would describe it as like arrogant and self-centered but i also think you could be needy can be one factor in the narcissism um yeah just in their level of expectations perhaps yeah Mm mm-hmm I would imagine, Stephen, that most of these unattractive traits that we're talking about are going to come down to some kind of balance. Because like when you were talking about criticism earlier, I was like, well, yes, I agree with you. Like you don't want to go on a first date with somebody and offer a bunch of criticism. However, like there's definitely a healthy space where you can offer constructive criticism to a partner or to a teammate, right? That's not going to be like at the beginning of a relationship when you're still like kind of assessing the other person, figuring out, Mm -hmm. is this a good fit? Like, how interested am I in this person? Like, there's a time and place for offering healthy criticism. Um, There's there's also a time and place to say, I'm struggling and I need help, right? But there's a difference between between those things and just being an overall um, critical person uh, or criticizing person or needy person, particularly Mm -hmm. when you're trying to build your attractiveness and meet new people and build attraction with new people. There's, there's a time and place and there's definitely a, a balance for all of this. You could put any of these things on a spectrum. Yeah. And I'll tell you how, how I tend to think of it. Okay. It's like, I've heard you and other people use the word constructive criticism. Um, I think what that means is like you're, I still don't necessarily love the word criticism in there. Okay. But what you're doing is I think the important part is the approach. If you approach some person and you trigger them and they throw the wall up, then it's not going to be as effective. So what you want to do is learn, like, how do I tell this person this information, but make them feel safe enough that they're not going to put the wall up. So they're going to be receptive. And so, you know, we do that stuff all the time in conversations, you know, difficult conversations, things like that, where it's like, you're aware the other person could be sensitive, we'll say to it. And so therefore you're going to use tact in how you like talk to them. So I think that's the important part is, is don't just come out and be critical or judgmental is another one. You know, don't be like 
you know, I can't say it, slut shaming, you know, that kind of thing is like, you're slamming that person as a person. And so I think that kind of stuff, we automatically, like we should throw our walls up when somebody comes at us, you know, with basically like an attack. So I think the constructive criticism, the key part of that maybe is the word constructive because your approach, it's the way you approach it. I think that really matters is that you're doing it in a, I'm going to say a gentle way that is kind. Could it be constructive feedback? Would that sound friendly? Yeah, I, I actually like that better. Yeah, constructive like feedback. That yeah. I think yeah. it's also a matter of like, have I developed enough trust with this person that I can offer them this level of transparency? And can I deliver this in a way that doesn't damage that trust? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, and then I'll put this, um, I've learned this from like being at, at our club and things where there is a place for criticism. This had to, this made me kind of rethink things. So the way I've just kind of used it is going to say be more in like relationships, but then you could have somebody who is like, say a political figure who is doing a lot of damage. You know, they're out there, they're, they don't like gay people, for example, right? The criticism is one approach to like make them more aware that this is not okay. Like what you're doing, you know? So, so that, pointed out to me that there is a time and a place for criticism. Um, I think when you're approaching that person, it's like some people need to be critical of them. Other people need to be kind of more handholding to try to educate and, you know, work the person around. And so it, it does kind of, you know, take a whole team of people to kind of influence somebody like that. But the criticism, there is a time and a place for criticism in our human lives. But with relationships, the way we're talking about it today, I would just say, be really wary about it. Don't, don't, it's, it's the approach that you're going to take, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. do you really want to sort of shame that person? Maybe depends on what they just did, you know, but, yeah. but generally speaking, you know, I think try to try to avoid the, the shaming. Um, the big one that I want to get your feedback on is being creepy. So that is like a term that a lot of people use, but I'm also going to say like, what does it mean? Because so many people, especially people who are accidentally creepy, you, you don't know what it means, you know? So, so from your all's perspective, what, what is, when, when you say like, oh, that person's creepy or something like that, or don't be creepy, like what exactly does that mean? What are the things to watch out for? Um, I've experienced this at our club before where if every single time I look up, there's the same person always looking at me, like, and it's not that I'm seeking them out. It's just, I've become, I've noticed it's a pattern. And so I'll look up and I'll do my thing. And every single time I look, they're looking at me. I think that's creepy. Why, and, why is that creepy? Hold on. Hold on, Ava. Why is that creepy? How's because it, 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 especially if they haven't like came up and spoke to me. I'm like, are they trying to figure out if they know me from somewhere? Why do they keep looking at me? It's just unnerving behavior. It's unnerving. That's what, yeah, so, so that's, how, that's what I'm going to get at. Like, how does it feel? Like, describe it a little bit more. How does it phys- like emotionally feel to you? Um, Are it, you scared? It doesn't make me feel scared. It, it, it gets to the point of annoyance and it makes me want to go up to them and be like, why do you keep looking at me? Like, <laughs> just to kind of end it. So I get very uncomfortable in that space to where I just want it to end, even if mm-hmm. that means I need to be the one to resolve it. Um, but it's... It's hard to describe. I don't want to say it's unsafe. It's just unusual. And it makes you think, why are they looking at me? You're, you're unsure. It causes all these questions. 
okay, I like that. You're unsure and th therefore that I'm going to say is probably a little bit scary. You don't know what's going on. You're unsure. It's not a right. safe situation at this point. You know, you're not feeling comfortable. You're kind of like something's going on and I don't know what, and I don't, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 And so one of the things is like, you know, we don't want to do these things because if you accidentally stare at that person too much, then you've, I think, accidentally kind of scared them or made them feel mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And then, then you've just shot yourself in the foot. Mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, Kimberly or Ava, what else? With, you know, I what don't like when somebody asks or like repeatedly or pressures me to date, go out with them or play with them. And I say like, I'm not interested or whatever I say, you know, and then I basically am turning them down, but they just continue to pursue. They're, they're pushy. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so being pushy, I'm going to say that being pushy would be a trait. I don't know that it's necessarily creepy, but it could be. I just Again, it makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Basically. Yeah. That's the, yeah. And well, that's where I that, think going with all, all these things are going to make make people feel uncomfortable. What were you going to say, Eva? I was going to say in that situation, like you're essentially drawing a boundary and they're not respecting it because they keep coming back and coming back and coming back. Mm -hmm, yeah. exactly. And they keep trying to break down this wall where you've put a wall up. They're not respecting right. a boundary, which linking back to what you said, Stephen, is also putting in, in that scenario, Kimberly, you in an unsafe space because if they're not going to respect that boundary, then what else are they not going to respect? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, are mm -hmm. they going to take that somewhere else? Like there's always that possibility. I've been in plenty of quote unquote creepy scenarios where like I didn't necessarily feel unsafe, but I, I feel like what you're getting at, Stephen, is like it puts you in a position where you don't know where you stand with this person. You don't know like what else are they going to do? Like what's going on in their head? Maybe they keep making eye contact with you, Brandy, because every time you make eye contact back, they think it's a magical moment and they think they're building a connection with you. And there's this whole like romantic thing built up in their head. And you're just like, why, why are they fucking staring at me? Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like, you don't, you don't know. And like, you might be filled with all these like weird, creepy vibes and they might be thinking like, oh, I'm building chemistry and trust with this person. Mm -hmm. That's a big I stretch, I don't but that. I understand. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Stephen? Have you, so, I mean, I think it, I'm assuming it's probably a little bit more common with females. That's why I wanted to um, ask you specifically if you've ever experienced the, the creepy, creepy part. Uh-huh. Um, well, not necessarily in like a sexual situation, but I mean, I have been on a bus um, in Baltimore where, you know, I happen to be the only white male on the bus, you know, which that's fine. Okay. But then there's a guy behind me and he's just talking shit about how he just got out of prison and how he hates white people and all this. And I thought like, you know, that just mm. makes, just, to me, I think it's the same thing. You are uncomfortable. You realize there is like a certain sense of danger or, you know, you're not sure what to expect from this person, mm -hmm. you know? And so you don't necessarily feel safe. Mm -hmm. So, but I, to me, the way I tend to think of like, you know, don't be creepy. I, I don't love that term because I don't find it is really kind of helpful. But I, I, so I would want to rephrase it and say like, don't intimidate other people. Uh, think about it from their perspective. You know, so are you approaching them in a way to where they're going to feel safe, where they're going to feel comfortable, where they're going to feel that they are in control? Um, so you don't want to be intimidating. You don't want to be pushy. All those things are sort of, you know, if you do those, you're accidentally shooting yourself in the foot because you're making that person back away because they're sensing that there's, you know, something's not good here. So mm -hmm. to me, that's what the whole creepy thing is. 
and, and don't be creepy is kind of like a cute way to say all that. So Can I think I it's share a story, Stephen, that I think is yeah. really strongly related to this. I went on a road trip with a guy friend of mine um, several, several years ago now, and we had kind of been building chemistry and there was interest and we were just friends, but like we were going on a road trip together, just the two of us. And like, maybe there was something more there. So we were kind of exploring this like chemistry and like building attraction that like we're kind of talking about tonight. And at one point on this road trip, we had a conversation about struggles that he had had in trying to pick up women at bars in the past, Mm -hmm. like just trying to get out on the dating scene, like not really feeling the whole online dating vibe and trying to do it like in person and how, how he struck out every single time. And I was trying to explain to him, like from the woman's perspective, I imagine that they weren't there to pick up dudes, right? Like I imagine that they were probably there either to meet someone or to have a drink or to hang out with other friends or like they probably had their own reasons for being there that completely did not match up with what you were going for. And so when you approach them, they either aren't interested or maybe they are looking to pick somebody up, but they have to decide whether or not very, very quickly, whether or not they trust you and are open to interacting with you. Mm -hmm. Because we are so used to like, if we give the other person an inch, then they run a mile. And if it's the Mm -hmm. wrong mile, then we need to get out fast. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you brought up like the, the concern of safety several times in this conversation, Stephen. And it was so frustrating for me trying to describe from my point of view, like if you're talking to a woman that you just met 30 seconds ago, you are putting her in this uncomfortable space where she has to decide super quickly whether or not she feels safe enough around you to continue a conversation. Or Mm -hmm. if she does that, are you going to follow her back to her car or try to grope her or like, where is it going to go? Because we don't know. You could be a perfectly like respectable human being, or you could be quote unquote, a total creep. And we just, we don't know. It was yeah. so it was so frustrating trying to have that conversation with this person because he just he didn't understand it. He didn't understand that he might be coming off as creepy. We don't, you know. I'm going to say we, meaning like men in general, because it's like I don't have the same. The culture is not the same, you know. Like mm-hmm. Brandy was like, "Have you ever had it, Steve?" I'm like, "No, I don't know that I really have had that experience." So it it's not something that really naturally comes to our attention, which is one reason we're talking about it tonight. You know, is because. Once you kind of hear it and learn about it and understand that this is really common, you know, for women in particular, I'm going to say that this is how you all are approached and, and that's why you've put up guards, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of be protective. So um, it, uh, to me, it's about balance and matching. You know, that's, that's a common theme of all the flirting and seduction stuff. If you're out of balance, it, it doesn't feel good. Okay. So the matching is like if one person, as an example, one person person A likes person B. Okay. And person A likes person B a lot. So they're much higher on the level than person B is. Okay. Person B cannot make themselves like the other one more. You can't go up, but if you're up, you can come down. So whenever you're kind of like the the matching thing is important. So if you're like above the other person, realize you've got to come down, you know? And so that could be like interest. Like I really, really like this person, but they're not the same way, you know, like we've only known each other a little bit. I need to just tone myself down, you know, and give them a little bit more space or something like that and not overdo it. So balance and matching is key for, for, for relationships, any relationship really. Mm-hmm. Uh, last part that I really wanted to get into is generating your own attractiveness. Because what I would like is for like listeners to realize like, okay, what can I do to be more attractive? 
the other part is like, what do I do already that is attractive? Because what I've found is people do not, they're, they're oblivious to the attractive traits they have. If you ask somebody, they just haven't sat, you know, and thought about it. And so they're not aware of it. And then hopefully because of the discussions we've had up to this point, you're starting to think about attraction differently. And you're starting to think about the things you can give to other people as gifts, because that really is what they, they are uh, differently. And you're realizing like, oh, well, I just, you know, I just like to hang out and talk. Well, that's kind of a gift, you know, if you're kind of fun and, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, don't think like that's not like, oh, I've got to be a certain particular way to be attractive. You know, so often that's a, a red herring. It's taking you in the, in the wrong you know, direction. So I do think like looks only get you so far. You know, they're going to help you maybe get your foot in the door because the person's seen you across the room or whatever like that, you know, and, and so their initial reaction is like, oh, that person's healthy and hey, they take care of themselves. You know, you're off to a good, they have fashion, you know, that says an interesting story that I like. So it's going to get your kind of foot in the door. But then beyond that, if you have a horrible, shitty personality, nobody's going to want to be around you. So the personality is like the really strong thing. So if you're not the best looking person, um, or you don't wear the latest fashions, don't count yourself out, you know, mm -hmm. because that is just the beginning. And once you have a conversation with somebody and you can show them you have these other social skills and that you have things to give them, to offer them, that's where you're going to really get your power and the attraction. So looks gets you in the door, but it's really personality and character. I think that are much more important there. Um, again, you want to demonstrate those, those things, you know, they have to be actual, they have to be real. Um, you can't trick people, you know, which that kind of gets into that whole creepy thing, you know, if you do it and, and, you know, trust is really trust, trust is, I'm, I tend to think of it, I tend to classify it as different than attraction, but every time you do something to build trust, you're building attraction at the same time. They really do kind of go hand in hand. So when you really are getting into the relationships in many ways, it's like, you're just building trust. However, you know, to do like sexual attraction, that's where you're kind of pressing some of the people's buttons. Like we did like the other day, like with the arousing the mind episode that we did. Um, that's different than building trust. You know, that's, you, you're still, are, it's still kind of involved in that, you know, but anyway, to, to the two of them together, trust is related to attraction. So if you do things that are trustworthy, you're also benefiting with like sort of getting the attraction points or whatever you want to kind of call it. So, um, mm -hmm. So let's talk about value because I'd like people to kind of, including you all, like think about your own particular value. So Ava, why do people like you? Cause I have a big butt and I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> You're yes. Yeah. Um, Kimberly, why do people like you? I don't know. I feel like you don't really know till you ask somebody why. And then you're like surprised, like, mm. oh, wow, cool. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So that's where I want to encourage yeah. people. That was good. I, I want to encourage people like, at, like talk to your friends, you know, and, and like get them like, what is attractive about you? What are your best traits? I know after this podcast that one of my worst traits is being slow, <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> is, that, is that really news to you, Steven? Yeah, I know we, mm -hmm. we talked, we've gone through this before. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's how much I can do about it. <laughs> it was one of those, like, um, what was it? Dan Savage has like, I don't know. What does he call it? It's like the ticket 
you're buying that it's like the cost of admission that's what he calls it mm. you know so if you if you're if kimberly is going to be married to me that's one of those things like she's going to be like god you know like there's nothing i can do to make steve be fast i'm just going to have to deal this is the right. cost of admission true. In this relationship. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry kimberly sorry for your pain <laughs> but asking friends is a really good one because we're we're not mm -hmm. always aware to see and we don't think very well about the the stuff of like what are our attractive traits that we have to offer other people so if you go talk to some friends or you know other people you know that's a good way to start to learn what what you do that like what are the things at the top of your list that really value uh really matter to people um other things are like do you have skill sets you know is there something so like in our kink communities and stuff like that like we literally have like skill sets like can you give a good spanking do you know how to let's <laughs> say this one do you know how to choke somebody the right way you know if you do it the wrong way it's not much fun you know mm -hmm. but people who are into it if you do it so if you have certain skill sets and it's not just like kink or sex kind of things um but it could be like i know how to fix lights and i can smash bugs and you know stuff like that like you i would say yeah those are awesome kind of gifts so if you have skill sets that benefit the other person th those matter you know so don't discount those things um, having the time and energy, we talked about this, like time and energy to give somebody else, you know, that matters. And the fact that, because basically you're saying like, I'm, I'm here. If you need me, I'm here, you know, um, make sure you give yourself time too. though. Don't, don't overdo it. any of these things can be overdone. So if you're always there for the person, you're not taking the self care time for yourself. That's, that's not necessarily good. Um, accepting and liking people for who they are is a huge motherfucking gift because for whatever reason we don't do that well you know we just we we get criticized we get judged you know and so when you find somebody and they actually like you and they're not judgmental and they're not critical and they allow you to be who you really are boom like the attraction just kicks in because you get to be your authentic self around them you know and those who are dangerous you know, that we get these signs from where we, we can't be our authentic selves, they, they sort of lose. They don't get to know us, you know, uh, in, in that aspect because we have to put up those shields or whatever you want to say. So, so just letting somebody be themselves is a huge gift. Um, and then uh, giving them space to feel comfortable, like not having expectations on them not putting accidentally putting pressure on them. So just giving them the space and the sort of freedom and flexibility to be themselves. That's a huge gift. You know, that's sort of, you know, related. Uh, and then just, you know, are you fun to be around? You know, we don't want to, Brandy was saying like being draining, you know, nobody, you it's hard to be around somebody who is draining. So if you're fun to be around, like you're really giving that person, you know, positive experiences and things. And so again, that's, that's sort of like a skill set, I would say. Um, a book that I read that I think is really good, I've talked about it before, it's by Tom Rath, and it's called Stre Strength Finder 2.0. So I think there's the original book was like Strength Finder, and then they updated it at some point. And they have, and they kind of talk about different strengths. Because I think the point in the book, if I remember it correctly, was like, don't worry about the stuff that you're maybe not great at, like me, slowness, okay? It's like, you don't have, you're not going to be great at everything. Um, and... and Instead of being like, oh, I need to really work on the things that I'm not good at and improve those. It's like, know the things that you really are good, that you really can benefit somebody and then just kind of really work with those. So the book in some ways is written more about like knowing your strengths, maybe for like work, you know, your, your personality, but it applies to 
you know, relationships and who we are as people. So it's, they have a test that you can do. I think if you get the book, they give you like a code, you go online, you take this test and it helps kind of figure out, um, you know, what are some of your top strengths? And a lot of them, you can sort of kind of guess. I think if you talk to people, they would be like, oh, these are your, your top ones. But, you know, just to kind of know like, oh, this is actually like for me, it was um, self-assuredness. So it's, which is, they're like, that's different than confidence. You know, confidence is when, you know, I can do it. And the self-assuredness is like when you're maybe nervous or something like that, you're turning inward, you know, to, to your self-assuring, you know, that's where you can. And I never thought of that as, as I didn't ever think about that at all, you know? So it was an interesting book. So I would say like, that's a really good one to go through because you'll, it'll help you realize like what are the real benefits that you have to give that people for why they like you. So the more you understand this stuff, the more valuable that you can see, like as a clear picture of who you are, it's going to help you immensely. That's where you're going to have the confidence. The confidence is going to come naturally when you understand yourself better. So it's a good exercise to, to go through. Um, and, um, uh, what, what do you all think? I guess like, um, what I want to say I'm talking too much. I had a thought on one of the things you mentioned earlier about, uh, what was it? Accepting people. Do you accept someone for who they are and how valuable that is? Mm -hmm. That one really struck home to me simply because I think so many of us are in this constant, like goal oriented state. And I know this has come up in previous episodes, the, the feeling of like, am I enough? Am I smart enough? Am I successful enough? Am I good looking enough? Like we are constantly in this state of trying to improve ourselves or accomplish something or, mm -hmm. or finish a goal or a task or whatever. So for, for someone to take that pressure off of us and just appreciate us as we are and accept us as we are, that's not something that, that we spend a lot of time consciously thinking about, but it is hugely valuable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. so nice to just be seen and be validated like exactly as we are with our with our attractive qualities and our unattractive qualities and have that still be okay. Yeah, it does. It just takes all that pressure off. Yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. that's huge. It, it, in some ways, that's that's rare. So, mm -hmm. um, I tend to think of this whole thing as like a math equation, okay? And some of that is like evolution. And I've mentioned it before, like I love evolution because if you think about, you know, a, a creature does something and it's like, okay, what? Well, it's doing things that are going to benefit it. So it's either going to benefit it, it's, you know, longevity of its own life, or it's to be able to procreate and pass it on and, and uh, you know, have, have kids and stuff like that. So those two things are like, like, because the DNA basically has to get passed along. You know, if, if it doesn't get passed along, then that DNA dies. So that's why like we're wired to like, you know, what are we going to do to, procreate and you know li live long long lives uh and so it ends up i think a lot of times like that you can start to predict you know whether it's a creature of like what is it going to do or even in relationships you know so if you're doing stuff for example that makes somebody feel unsafe the math part is like they're going to back away from you you know you can start to kind of figure out that if i do this how are they going to act okay they're going to get you know back away if i do this other thing that is like letting them be themselves they're going to want to be around me more so, um, it, it, you know, there's not really kind of any magic between this stuff, but it really is like, am I helping this person? Like that was really what it kind of comes down to with attraction. Um, and then the other thing is like, it's just, 
you're going to have like on one hand, you're going to measure your, your positive traits. And on the other hand, you're going to measure that your negative traits. Right. And so which, as long as you're a net positive, people are going to want to be around you. If you're not like Brandy said, you're going to feel draining because you've got that, you know, you're higher on the negative side. You're going to be taking from people more than what mm-hmm. you're giving to them. So I don't, I would recommend, you know, you start thinking of it that way. You know, what are the things that I can give to other people? And th- those are going to be my attractive traits. And, and the person will be turned on and they will want you when you do those things. We almost can't do it. Like if somebody's giving you stuff, it's really hard to dislike them. You just Well, and I think you can't um, on your own figure out what value you offer other people. Go to some, like your few, like few of your close friends and ask them. Because mm-hmm. that is very hard for, even for me to sit here and be like, oh man, like what what do I bring to the table for other people? Um, and if you can't figure that out for yourself, that's, that's fine right now. But so go ask a few of the close, your close friends that yeah. you really trust and you know, you can, um, be open to their honesty. Yeah. You're, I think you're going to have this, que- this is what I did. You have the question in your, in your back of your mind. What are you like? Okay. So what are the things that I give to people? If I notice these things, then, you know, it goes into like the attractive category list, right? So if you have that just in the back of your mind, as you just live your regular life, you'll start to notice things. You'll start to notice, oh, this person was really appreciative when I did this. And you go, oh, okay, that's, that, you know, that's because I'm helping them. Therefore, it's attractive. And you'll start to slowly learn more and more of the things that you do that are attractive. We're, we're not you know, we don't normally think about this stuff. So it does, doesn't come to us right off the top of our head. But if we start to pay attention, you'll build more of like a library of awareness with it. And compliments, when somebody gives you a compliment, so often we blow it off and we don't believe it. People rarely give compliments. You know, they, we just don't do it much because in some ways you could say like, we're thinking about ourselves. We're not always thinking about the other person. So when somebody gives you a compliment, just, just believe it. You know, listen to what they said, that that's something they are appreciative and value you on, you know, and, and believe it. So that adds to that list too. So I feel like some of what we've talked about tonight can tie back to um, the episode we did recently on love languages too. Like when you're thinking through what are the, what are the gifts that I have to offer others? Mm-hmm. That's probably going to tie back to your love language, right? Like if you're language is um, verbal affirmation, like if you're really good with like communicating what you're seeing or what you're feeling or like giving compliments to someone like that's, that's a gift that you have to offer another person. Or if it's, you know, spending time or gift giving or physical touch or whatever it is, like that is a gift that you can provide to another person that may value that same language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got in trouble with Kimberly the other day. She called me out. She goes, well, you said on the love languages thing that you would take the test. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh. And I, never said, did and I said, yeah, I'm not taking that test. Like, <gasps> and then she said, she Kimberly, said good for you for holding him accountable. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'm not going to go look it up and go take the test. If you guys send me the test or something like that, then maybe I would do it. I'm not going to go look it up on my own, you know, and I, that, that I lost points with, with yeah. Kimberly. No. <laughs> I can see Ava's face right now. I'm losing points right mm-hmm. now. So what I'm hearing you say is if we send you the direct link and make it as easy as possible, you'll take the test. Yeah, but I'm going to shortcut this because Kimberly and I did talk about it more. And I think that my love language, the one that I like to give to other people is that, was it gifts of, it's 
like gifts. No, if, you, if you took the quiz, we would know. Access the service. service. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and yeah, I always yeah. say that ties into like a lot of these attractive things. So I think maybe because I'm aware of them and think about them more, that's, that's the stuff that I do like to give to people. You know, so, Are you so, afraid, Stephen, that your afraid. love language is going to be completely different than what you've self-identified as? Is that what's happening here? What if it's like this, there's just a blank emptiness right there? I don't. No, that can't happen. You at least become one. You've got to take the test. Mm -hmm. Send it to me. Okay, I'm doing it right now. All right. Well, let me summarize. We've talked about a lot. So let me kind of summarize it. Cause again, summarizing it, it kind of helps drill it down into everybody's head, you know? So, uh, consider making a list. Like what are the things that you value about your partner? You know, just start thinking about this stuff. And if you write it down you, twice as much chance that you're going to like, you know, actually remember it. And it just is a good skill to kind of go through and take the time to actually think about. Um, so what do you value about, you know, in, in other partners, your partners? Um, think about how those same things relate to you. Cause those are just, you're just making in some ways an attractive trait list. And so that helps you figure out what are things that I can do for other people. Um, you know, I value these, they'll probably value these things too. Try to drop some of the unattractive things that we all do these things. You know, we do them, you're not gonna be able to wipe them out, but just, you know, try to pay more attention to it. So don't try not to be critical, try not to be needy judgment, you know, don't be judgmental, especially like Ava was saying, if it's under the guise of like, well, I'm not judge. I mean, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to point out what your flaws are. You know, like that's, that's, that's a criticism and it's a put down. Uh, and then the whole, don't be creepy, you know, is really just like be aware of creating a safe place, I guess, for people as you're interacting with them. Don't, don't accidentally trigger anything that's going to potentially, you know, scare them or make them feel uneasy. Um, things that we're attracted to are going to be stuff that benefit us in some way. So that's going to be like money, fertility. I love that one because, but that is one of those things, you know, that's one, again, evolution, that's kind of wired in there for us. So I'm saying that, but really that's almost tied into the beauty aspect, you know, that we're of why somebody gets, or why we get turned on sometimes when we see somebody, but money, fertility, status matters, compassion matters, trust loyalty matters, educating people, you know, helping them, having anything that you can do to kind of benefit somebody is going to be an attractive trait. Um, figure out what your attractive traits are. So, you know, try to write it down, ask your friends, listen to the compliments. Um, and then, you know, what gifts or benefits can you offer somebody? So that could be like being fun and laughter, like Kimberly said, being supportive, active listening, encouraging and then in, empowering somebody. And so, you know, earlier today when I was going through like, oh, we have these eight different things that we focus on. Empowerment is a huge one, you know? So at, at the, again, at the end, when it comes down to like, what is attractive is really where you're empowering people. You're giving them things that benefit them, but you're empowering them. And so just kind of keep that in mind. It's, it's, if you can empower somebody, it is very sexy. And I think that's where we'll end today's episode. Do you have, have anything, anybody want to add? Any last things, though? Just check your messages, Stephen. That's it. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, I did have one thought that I wanted to share um, and that I wanted to point out that, like, as, as you're kind of going through this, like, conclusion, Stephen, the thought in my head is that, like, some of these things hold more weight than others. And you, you keep talking about this, uh, like, attraction being, like, a math equation, which I, I agree with to a point. But I, I think that, say, for example, 
if um, if you and Kimberly and Brandy were all to say what you found attractive about me, there may be overlap, but you guys would all probably give different answers, right? Yeah. And you could apply that example to any person in this room. Yeah. Um, and so, and that's because like we hold different things um, with different levels of value, right? Like it holds different weight. So, you know, you're going through like, we're like attracted to people that can benefit us in ways that like are in common with us, like the the status or the fertility or, or whatever. And, and some of those things I'm like, mm, I don't, I don't value money all that much. Like I, I don't like education isn't super important to me, but like, logic and loyalty and passion like those things are super super important to me right so like yeah. i think there's a big um difference in that like the the equation that you're referring to isn't weighted the same for everybody the format might be the same but the weight could be different uh, yeah no i agree with that and, and that so to add to that it's just like you don't have to be a perfect person you're trying to find somebody who's a good fit with you who, mm -hmm. who likes you for who you are so yeah don't go tr you know trying to change who you are and that kind of stuff because then you're going to be with somebody who's not a good fit you know so yeah i i, I totally agree with you and i'm glad you added that ava because that's important Thanks. um next week we have a guest susan ruth who has the hey human podcast um, she interviews people from different walks of life in order to sort of learn about the stories and experiences that they've had. But she has like a twist. So I'm going to read this. This came right off of her, her website. And she says, the reason for like doing her Hey Human podcast, she says, I wanted to understand myself better by learning more about the people around me that if they were capable of great destruction, so was I. And if I was capable of great love, so are they. Mm. So the duality there is what I want to really kind of dive into and, and, and explore, you know, cause she's looking at sort of like human experience. And, uh, but I think that that topic is, is again, it's going to be good for, to be sort of like self-reflective. And I think that's what she's ultimately doing, listening to people's stories. So she's sort of, you know, as we do so, we learn things about ourselves, you know, and see ourselves in, in other people. So she'll be on uh, next week as we kind of explore that topic. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. 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 Um, reach out to us if you'd like to. You can e either email me at steven at .com. If you have like a question or anything for us, just go ahead and email me. We also have a button on the website. It's literally a button and you click on it and you can leave us a voicemail. It gets recorded. We've done this in the past and uh, it gets recorded and we can use that, that voicemail on, on the actual podcast, you know, and then respond to your question uh, that you might have. So there's a couple ways to... to get in touch with us and then we are also like on all the social media so we're on instagram and fetlife seem to be the two big ones um but and we'd have the the website so the website's got our blogs you know all the different podcasts and the notes and things like that that we've got uh, and we have a newsletter so if you want to sign up for the newsletter that's linked in with the getting the uh the, the guide for flirting and seduction so you know if you sign up for the you'll get both basically is what it is. You know, so if you were interested in that and then I'm going to put in extras in the newsletter. So I'm going to try to have like a tip of the week kind of thing. I'm going to share the the notes and stuff like that, that we have. So you'll get a lot of information and uh, you know, other things I'm just going to try to throw in there too, as well that I think, you know, people that really um, care enough to get a newsletter would be interested in. So if you're, if that sounds appealing to you, go sign up for it. Um, if you're a first time listener, you can, you know, please subscribe to us on apple spotify we're, we're all over so whatever your favorite podcast app is just hit subscribe and then that way we'll come automatically uh to your inbox or to your to your podcast list and uh if you're on apple Podcasts 
and you want to leave us a review, we would appreciate that because they, they do reviews of all the shows. So thank you, everybody. And until next week, we'll talk again. Thanks. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. <laughs>